Greetings to the brightest audience in the country and welcome to the Dominic Enyart Show. On Monday, the Daily Beast put out a headline reading, Texas Republicans threaten lawyers with prosecution and disbarment if they facilitate abortions. And this is great. This is the greatest headline I've read this month. And so if you don't know, Sidley is a law firm with over 2,000 lawyers and lawyers, it's no secret here on the Dominic Enyart Show that we are not, we're not big fans of lawyers. One of my favorite jokes is there's this guy, he's a big, burly guy, manly man, a trucker dude. He's got a great big beard and he just, he hates lawyers. He just hates them. And this guy, he's, he's also a murderer. And every day when he comes home from work, he drives and he passes a law firm. And every day, just to relieve some stress, he's he's driving. He just, you know, he swerves over and he hits a lawyer on the side of the road. That's just what he does. He's a murderer and that's what he does. Then one day he's driving back from work after a long day and it's raining and he's thinking about his sins and he sees a pastor on the side of the road and the pastor he's hitchhiking and the guy thinks he's like well I, I might not be the greatest guy but i can't just leave this pastor out in the cold and in the rain and so the trucker he picks him up and they're driving they're talking about life and work and religion and politics and the, the trucker he, he really likes this pastor dude he's starting to grow on him Anyways, they're driving and they get to the law firm and they're passing by and the trucker, he sees a lawyer on the side of the road. And so just out of habit, right, he goes to hit him with his car, right? And right before he does so, he, he remembers, oh, wait, I've got a pastor in my car. I, I can't hit this guy. I got a holy man in the truck. I can't, I can't hit this guy. So last second, he swerves the steering wheel really hard trying to get away and he hears a loud thunk and man his his heart just sinks he just hit this dude and there's a a pastor in his car and he says he just out loud he just goes oh no and he looks over at the pastor and the pastor says hey it's all right i got him with the door <laughs> and so but so it's no secret here that we don't like lawyers and to you lawyers listening that was a joke please don't sue me if you wonder why we so strongly dislike lawyers, you can check out our video. Go to kgov.com slash store, and it's titled The Trouble with Lawyers. It was a, a video that Bob Enyart put together, my father and predecessor, and it's a lot of fun. And lawyers in a just society, in a godly society, lawyers would not be needed. And Jesus, right, he argued with the lawyers of his time, and he certainly wasn't too fond of them. And that's because lawyers are only necessary when the law becomes a weapon against the innocent. And we have good relationships with some lawyers here at the Dominic Enyart Show, but lawyers are only necessary when the law becomes a weapon against the innocent. And the law right now is at that point where the law is a weapon against the innocent. The law is so wildly complicated that there are lawyers who we need lawyers who their entire job, they get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, and their entire job is 
just to understand the law and not the entirety of the law, but just an extremely specific, minute subsection of the law in America. You get that? So there are some lawyers who devote their entire lives, their careers, just to understanding the laws about slipping and falling at a store and what are the ins and outs of that and what are the liabilities you have to be thinking about. And can you imagine devoting more than, I don't know, 30 minutes to that? I would want to die. I would really just want to die. I could not I could not think about that. Yet there are people who their entire careers are dedicated just to those super specific things. And so the law is now so wildly complicated and wildly diverse. And right, you get all those liberals who say, oh, diversity is our strength, which is an odd thing to say, but diversity is our strength. And think about the the diversity in our laws. And just think about how much the laws change when you drive your car between your house and your work. Think about when you get up in the morning, you go to work, and as you're driving down the road, the laws and regulations, they must change hundreds, if not thousands of times just between you and your work as you go through various zip codes and cities and zoning codes. And how is anybody supposed to keep track of all of that and all the regulations and all the laws that are being passed constantly? And you're not. You're not supposed to. You can't. It's impossible. And so instead, sometimes you have to hire a lawyer who's devoted his entire life to understanding just one specific part of the law. And say copyright lawyers, you know how confusing copyright law is? And compare all that to say, I don't know, compare all of that, compare all of the laws in America to say say the law of Moses that had what, 613 laws? That's, That's still a decent amount. But how about boiling it down just to the Ten Commandments, the ten easy-to-understand, simple commandments, and what do you know? You don't have to hire 2,000 lawyers because, as it turns out, Moses, who was the lawgiver, was a better lawgiver than our entire legislative branch. Our entire legislative branch— and each of whom the members of Congress, right, they all get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, and that's just Congress, and they spend who knows how much. The federal government, what, what is, I saw a figure the other day, let me see if I can pull this up, yeah, it was a certain amount per minute, $6.8 million per minute, that's per minute that the federal government is spending, and keep in mind, that wasn't a recent thing. I saw this is back from, let me see, that's 2011. In 2011, the government was spending $6.8 million per minute. And spending has obviously gone up since then. And of course, not all of that is used by the legislative branch, but a good chunk of it for sure. And one dude, Moses, the lawgiver, he did a better job than our entire legislative branch. He narrowed it down to just 10, just 10, the 10 commandments. And of course, those 10 were from God himself, who narrowed it down even further. He narrowed it down even further. God inspired the Apostle Paul to record in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor 
as yourself. One command, one, just one. Instead of having one command, we've got thousands on thousands on thousands, and no one could ever even hope to understand them all. But okay, I'm not too fond of lawyers, especially not these lawyers who are paying for their employees to travel out of state to have abortions. And then in some cases, not just paying for the travel expenses, but paying for the abortions themselves. And they're either paying or reimbursing those payments. So I'd like to read this letter here, not the full thing, but this is the letter which it was sent from Republicans in Texas, Republican lawmakers to Sidley is the name of the law firm, and the law firm, ha they have over 2,000 lawyers, and they have a local branch there in Austin, and I, I want to read this letter here. Dear Miss Ostolaza and Yvette Ostolaza, that is the chair of Sydney's management committee, Dear Miss Ostolaza, it has come to our attention that Sidley Austin has decided to reimburse the travel costs of employees who leave Texas to murder their unborn children. It also appears that Sidley has been complicit in illegal abortions that were performed in Texas before and after the Supreme Court's ruling in Dobbs v. Jackson. We are writing to inform you of the consequences that you and your colleagues will face for these actions. Abortion is a felony criminal offense in Texas unless the mother's life is in danger. And I actually want to read that section of that law to you right now. This is from West Texas Civil Statutes, Article 4512, Section 1. If any person shall administer to a pregnant woman with her consent any drug or medicine, or shall use towards her any violence or means, either externally or internally applied, and thereby procure an abortion, he shall be confined in the penitentiary not less than two nor more than five years. If it be done without her consent, the punishment shall be doubled. By abortion is meant that the life of the fetus or embryo shall be destroyed in the woman's womb, or that a premature birth be caused. And then continuing with the letter, the law of Texas also imposes felony criminal liability on any person who, quote, furnishes the means for procuring an abortion knowing the purpose intended, unquote. And I'll read that as well. That's section two. Whoever furnishes the means for procuring an abortion knowing the purpose intended is guilty as an accomplice. Back to the letter. This has been the law of Texas since 1925, and Texas did not repeal those criminal prohibitions in response to Roe versus Wade. These criminal prohibitions extend to any drug-induced abortions if any part of the drug regimen is ingested in Texas, even if the drugs were dispensed by an out-of-state abortionist. To the extent that Sidley is facilitating abortions performed in violation of Article 4512, Section 1, it is exposing itself and each of its partners to felony criminal prosecution and disbarment. Litigation is already underway to uncover the identity of those who aided or abetted these 
other illegal abortions. In light of this pending litigation, as well as any anticipated litigation that might ensue, you and your colleagues at Sidley must preserve and retain all documents, data, and electronically stored information relating to in any way, one, any abortions performed or induced in Texas on or after September 1st, 2021, and then I'll skip two and three, or four, the identity of any person or entity who has aided or abetted the abortions, including anyone at your firm and anyone who paid for or in any way reimbursed the cost of those abortions. You and your colleagues must preserve these items regardless of the medium, format, or device on which they are stored or hosted, and regardless of whether they appear in documents, drafts, notes, calendar entries, emails, text messages, voicemails, social media posts, or any other form, Failure to preserve these documents could subject you and your colleagues to significant penalties. Conduct yourselves accordingly. And all right, I, that that was awesome. And if you want to read the full thing, I was skipping around a little bit. It's easy to find online. Now, these Republicans cited several bills in their letter to flex their muscle. One was this Article 4512, which says abortion is illegal in Texas unless the life of the mother is at risk. And the other was the Texas fetal heartbeat bill. And I take issue with both of those bills. And I might explain why here in a bit, but most of the longtime listeners already know why. So I'm going to skip that for a bit. But for now, I just want to talk about how awesome it is what these Republicans did. And they're politicians. So I'm sure if we took 10 minutes, we could find 10 horrible things they've done. And that's the Inyart standard when it comes to politicians, guilty until proven innocent. But this here is great, and it's long been said that liberals are evil and Republicans are cowards. Which, you know, being cowardly is in and of itself evil, right? At the very end of the Bible, they're, they're close to the end. God gives a list of people who will not make it into heaven, and at the top of the list... Right there, it's cowards. That's the very first thing on the top of that list. And so cowards, they are evil, and that's true. But the saying, it still conveys the message, liberals are evil and Republicans are cowards. And the Republican Party is composed mainly of spineless weasels, and they bend to every demand of the left. And that's why we see things that they're, they're always moving more and more to the left, and there's that saying, right, a Republican is just a Democrat from 10 years ago. And it's always so discouraging to see people who at first you like them and they say a bunch of great stuff. And then what do you know? Oh, they funded Planned Parenthood. And they're politicians like Donald Trump, right? Like he's, he said a lot of great stuff. And then he went and funded Planned Parenthood at Barack Obama levels. And DeSantis, he signed bills funding abortions. And it's just so sad. You see these people, they look great. And then what do you know? They're politicians. But regardless for all of their stupidity, every now and then, once in a blue moon, you see a Republican who shows some spine. And I do think that did start with Trump. I think he did get the ball rolling on that front. So give the devil who funded Planned Parenthood at Barack Obama levels, his due. He showed some spine, which 
seems to be rubbing off on other Republicans. DeSantis, he is taking away Disney's special rights. That was awesome. And then here with these Republicans threatening this law firm. It's cool to see that the squishes are hardening up a little bit. And so that that, that is neat. And a few weeks back on this show, I was talking about how to fight against abortion. And it's important to note that abortion is not outside of your jurisdiction. It's not outside. It is your responsibility to fight abortion. It's Elon Musk's responsibility to fight abortion. And it's the corporation of McDonald's responsibility to fight against abortion. Everyone, everywhere, every group, every organization, everyone has an obligation to fight abortion. And so seeing these Republicans doing what they can to fight and hurt this law firm is awesome. This law firm, which is reimbursing abortion procedures. It, it, it is great seeing these Republicans do that. I know there have been stories when abortion clinics were being built here in Colorado. There were members of it was called the Collaborators Project, and they would do so much legally, although it was legal, they would do so much to hinder the creation and the building of various Planned Parenthoods across Colorado. For example, the company that was making the most prominent abortion clinic here in Colorado, when they were making that building, the Collaborators Project went to the heads of the company and said, hey, you guys are... You're building an abortion clinic. Please stop. And of course, they got laughed away, but they didn't give up. And they realized they were doing a bunch of projects trying to stop this. And they realized the company, they had purchased what was called a block. And a block is when a company, they want a bunch of phone numbers that are all right next to each other and close to being the same. They'll buy a block and they'll get 50 or 100 phone numbers, all just one number off from the previous. And they give each employee a phone number in that block. And so the collaborators, they called each one of those employees in that block. They found out what block they had. And they called every single employee and told them, you guys are making an abortion clinic. Did you know that? And often the workers didn't realize it was an abortion clinic and the collaborators would plead with them and encourage them to go to their bosses and say, hey, we can't we can't make this. This is evil and would encourage other workers to not work. And then if they couldn't convince anyone, they would uh, say, you know what, then you should just you should you should just quit, which is awesome. And I. As far as I know, they uh, that was fairly effective, and I think a, a, a significant number of people did end up quitting, which is uh, which is pretty cool that they were able to legally, I'll say again, hinder abortion providers and those who were aiding and abetting. I heard that there was this one guy. I don't recall who it was. Maybe it's one of our listeners. If it is, send me an email. And he was a plumber, and this I think was actually illegal. I don't think this is legal, but Planned Parenthood, they called him to fix something in their restroom. And I heard that he, when he got there, he realized it was a Planned Parenthood. He didn't realize on the phone. And rather than canceling the job, he went to their, you know, the, their toilet and fixed the leak or whatever it was. But he made it so that the toilet, 
it was ever so slowly using water. And you couldn't tell that it was constantly using water. It was real quiet. And that would both drive up the water bill and it would make the environmentalists go crazy. So kill two birds with one stone, which makes the environmentalists even more angry. And now I'm not suggesting that you in the audience, if you're listening, you ever do anything illegal. I would encourage you to resist them in whatever legal way you can. Uh, but that is a wild story. People are creative. I think my show, it's now a, <laughs> it's now a true crime podcast. Uh, but no, uh, we need to start showing some spine and make it as miserable as possible for these people to kill children. And that's why I love what these Republicans did here in Texas so much. It is making it miserable for this law firm. And if you live here in Colorado or maybe some other liberal nutjob state, you probably don't have much power to change the law, but you can try. You have an obligation to try. And if you can't change the law, well, then, hey... You know, you can at least, if people are going around and killing children, you can make their lives uncomfortable. And maybe, just maybe, we might have to bring back the abortionist home protests. A lot of Republicans, they got mad when the libs were protesting the Supreme Court nominees' homes and saying, oh, you shouldn't be allowed to protest someone's home, which made me a little sad because uh, <laughs> I, I think you should be allowed to. Obviously, you shouldn't be allowed to intimidate and threaten like the left was doing. Uh, but I've been to a few home protests, and they're wonderful. And as the late, great Bob Enyart used to say, no tranquility with child killing. And that's the attitude that we have to bring back. And we've got to make it miserable to, to support abortion. And so we would go on every holiday of the year to a local abortionist house and we go with our great big signs and Christmas morning, everyone, they wake up and there's all these pro-lifers outside in their neighborhood telling everyone your neighbor rips the arms and legs off of children for a living. And I think it's safe to say that that it, it bothered them. It did, which is great because there can be no tranquility with child killing. I remember doing those home protests. They were actually a lot of fun for us pro-lifers. People always act like pro-life activism is difficult and sad and uncomfortable. And of course, there can be times of that. But when you're fellowshipping with other believers and serving the Lord, it doesn't get much better than that. And I remember we do these holiday protests at... at various homes and one i believe it was the fourth of july we we were doing a home protest for an abortionist here in denver and we had learned previously that you aren't allowed to stand still right if you're standing still it's considered loitering and you can get in trouble for loitering so you can't stand still but you can walk in a in a big circle around the neighborhood uh, which was a problem for us because we wanted to bring a grill and make hot dogs and hamburgers for everyone who was there at the home protest. But how do you have a grill session when you're not allowed to stay in the same place? And so, well, because Christians are cooler than other people, we came up with the great idea to get a grill that had wheels on it. And we strapped the pro propane tank on there and had it all ready to go. And we had one guy pulling the grill around the neighborhood we we were all marching like it was a parade and one guy Doug McBurney he was at the at the grill walking around the neighborhood grilling brats and cheeseburgers 
and having such a great fellowship, all while exposing the murderer for who and what he was to him and to his neighbors. And hey, as an added benefit, we got to spread the gospel to the various people we talked to. And so how cool is that? And that is the attitude we need to have no tranquility with child killing. That is what we need. That's the mindset we need to be in. And we might not be as effective as these Texans threatening disbarment and prosecution. But, hey, I mean, a home protest, that's that's not bad. So we need to be creative. We need to come up with more of these ideas to get us back in that mindset. No tranquility with child killing. And, in fact, that actually reminds me of a story. I, I'm having all these memories rush back thinking about all those home protests. There was one time I remember I was real little at these home protests. I wasn't, I wasn't old. I was maybe five or six years old. I, I, I kind of understood what was going on, but mainly later on when I got older, I understood what was had happened better. But when I was little, I, I was there, and I remember a neighbor came out, and he was a pro-choice neighbor, and he was real angry, and he was... Uh, I was with my dad and they were getting, getting into a little bit of an argument and like I was saying, like, how would you feel if all these people just showed up at your house and started, started protesting you for being a Christian and a pastor? And my dad, of course, he would have loved that. He would have loved that. He would have had a field day with that. And that is where he would thrive. And of course, uh, yeah, I know he would love to go out there and interact with whatever protesters came to protest. But I remember so vividly my dad, he said, that is completely fine. I'd be so totally on board with that. If people wanted to protest my house, I'd be all for that. And the guy said, oh, yeah, you, you'd really be OK with that. And my dad said, definitely, 100 percent. So he said, OK, I got a, I got a notepad. What's your address? What's your address? I'm going to get a protest together to go to your house. My dad said, without missing a beat, he said, 7165 All Branch Lane. And the guy, he wrote it down. And I remember being a little kid and thinking, that's, that's not our address. That's, that's not our address. And luckily, I wasn't so stupid as to say, oh, that's not our address as a little kid. But it was not our address. And then later on, I asked him, I said, Dad, what was that address you gave? And he said, oh, that was the address of another abortionist on the other side of town. So I like to think that guy got a bunch of his friends to go protest and accidentally did another abortionist home protest. How cool would that be? Uh, so they are a lot of fun and you get to do some fun trolling. Always a a, a fun time. So maybe maybe we have to bring back those home protests. Colorado Right to Life, I'm looking at you. By the way, speaking of Colorado Right to Life, Seth Gruber is coming to town and Colorado Right to Life is hosting at D Colorado Christian University. That's August 6th. And that is a Saturday at 5 p.m. And this is at Colorado Christian University. And it's Seth Gruber who's coming to speech. And he is a compelling and passionate voice for the unborn, Seth Gruber is reaching all generations and is helping change the way that our country thinks about and interacts with abortion. And Seth has been featured by World Magazine, American Family Association, Christian Research Institute, Christianity Today, Life Site News, Live Action News, Students for Life of America, 
and national radio broadcasts. And Seth is the son of a Pregnancy Resource Center director. He was raised in the pro-life movement and has been speaking publicly on behalf of unborn children since the age of 19. That's something he and I have in common, which is fun. He has spoken across the U.S. educating and equipping pro-life advocates to be a gracious and persuasive voice for the unborn. Seth travels and speaks in Protestant and Catholic high schools, churches, pro-life training seminars, and pregnancy resource center banquets. He engages in academic debate and blogs and writes as a cultural and political commentator. And he's also the host of a podcast, Unaborted. And so highly recommend you guys come and listen to him speak. I plan on being there. That's Colorado Christian University Saturday, August 6th at 5 p.m. I'm definitely going to be there. Hey, I am about out of time on today's show. I want to encourage you guys, if you want to help us stay on air and you value what we are doing here at KGov on all of our five shows, we have the Bob Inyart Broadcast Classics, my show, the Dominic Inyart Show, Theology Thursday, and Real Science Radio with Fred Williams. And it's always a blast doing these shows, but we can't stay on air without the support of you guys. So recommend today you could go check out that video, The Trouble with Lawyers, that was compiled by Bob Enyart. Maybe you could sign up for a monthly subscription. That would be so appreciated. Hey, may God bless you guys.